0: My name is Neha Sharma. You're listening to 11 o'clock comics. And I got my boy Paul Pope here. And you are listening to 11 o'clock comics. And this is Paul Pope. Once more with feeling. Surprise.
1: Everybody's like, "What is this? Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to come out today. What is this? These shenanigans going on here? Give people what they want." Yeah. Well, the thing was or is that we just missed each other so much. We're like, "Hey, let's do an episode every day for the rest of forever."
2: <laughs> I will love you and hold you, kiss you and hug you. <laughs>
1: And we will do the same to you, gentle listener, because this is Eleven O'Clock Comics, episode seven hundred and sixty-four.
2: And I'm Vince B.
0: You
3: are Vince B. I am
2: David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I am, of course, Cleon the Interesting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a non zero chance of you being Cleon. There's a no- <laughs>
1: You are not Cleo the Second. You're Jason Wood, everybody, together in this post-New York Comic-Con episode. But before we get to that, we got to get to this. If you want to get your books, get them fast. Get them delivered right to your door. There's only one place to go where the prices are super low, and that's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. One more time. DCB, as in boy, service.com. Gets all the books you want to your home for the price you want to pay. Now... The list of specials are up. I went into them in detail last episode, so I won't do that again. But I will say, from Vault Comics, we got a new number one. This is called We Ride Titans. And it's written by Trey Dean with art by Sebastian Pires. It's a kaiju mech thing. So if you're a fan of Pacific Rim and the like, maybe you'll find something to love here. It's a $3.99 cover price book. As our most. But this will come home to you. All you gotta do is whistle for a dollar ninety nine. And I said it last episode, I'll say it again. If there's one single issue you order in this entire previous catalog, make sure that it's Cultivicarus number one from Scout Comics. Because it is written by Lynn Wright and Carl Slominski, and the art is done by Carl Slominski. What more do you need to know? Well, I'll tell you a little bit more. It's vampires and punk rock, and and dastardly doings, and blood. That's all, right? Get it. It's Carl, for God's sakes. Cover price, three ninety nine. Your price, what? $2.39. A little odd, but that's 40% off. And last, but certainly not least, from Seven Seas, it's the Common Rider Classic Manga Collection hardcover, a big heaping helping of Shotaro Ishinomori's manga version of pretty much the greatest uh should I say that in light of Ultraman yeah I like Common Rider more the greatest Japanese superhero its thirty-two ninety-nine. that's what the cover says at least but you're not going to pay that Mm-mm, you're smart $23.09 that's 30% off DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books delivered right to your door. Ding dong, my books are here. DCBService.com. Yep.
2: Perfect as always, sir.
1: I don't know about perfect, but uh, wrote, but it gets the job done. And you know what else gets the job done? What? Malt liquor. No. Oh, man, if I had a freaking hurricane, I would be in heaven. But uh, no, uh, because we imbibed um, m- uh, far too much this weekend, yeah. Yeah. both in terms of uh, food and drink, to my liking anyway. I was, I, I'm just starting to feel like myself. Uh, I am drinking one, two giant McDonald's coffees.
2: So we just said it's about 32 ounces of coffee, maybe 40 ounces?
1: Yeah, I think it's about 32, uh, sixteen cool. Yeah, thirty-two.
2: That's all right. All right. Oh, it's it's live your best life, dog. Yeah, doesn't keep me up either. Nice. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I, I, I. Today was the first day I felt like myself working out. I was it was drag ass last few days, but yeah. Uh, today I felt like I was back, which was good. Well, uh, I, I think we had a lot mm-hmm. of fat. We had a lot of fatty stuff. Yeah, a lot of fat, a lot of fried food, a lot of a lot of drink. Yep, it's nice though. You gotta do that every now and then. I think so. Lose.
3: Yeah. Not oh yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so I am drinking, and also uh, per my tattoo artist instructions, you can't have any alcohol the night before you uh, you uh, get get your ink. I guess because it's you know gotta make sure you're of right mind. Also, it thins the blood. Thins the like blood that.
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'm having a uh, lime watermelon sparkling water by Aha.
1: Take on, the That's right. Yeah. Now, uh, wouldn't the nanites in your blood control the the, the
2: bleeding though? <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? Yeah. They may heal the tattoo. He may be like, I can't lay any ink in. As soon as All she right, drop, yeah. they
1: drop a line. It's going to just go away. Yeah. yeah. It's a he.
2: He tomorrow. Oh. He tomorrow. She next week.
1: Nice. Wait. When's it next week? Tuesday. Oh,
3: excellent. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, good lord! what's up king what are you drinking
3: i am uh no no like like i'm i'm taking it easy tonight i uh i'll probably have to go downstairs and get a refill because this uh 33.8 fluid ounces of poland spring is more than half empty so i'm gonna need some more real soon so just straight up water tonight nice
1: Well, as we uh, mentioned at the top of this episode, this is our New York Comic Con wrap episode, at least a feature that we'll get into uh, semi-detail on the weekend. But uh, before we go there, I received a couple of comments about the audio quality for last episode. And as I prefaced last episode... Uh, with the fact that it wasn't our usual setup, I will say it again. If you listen to uh, last episode, if that was your first episode of 11 O'Clock Comics, it's not our usual thing. We sound much better than, we sound like this. Like we're sitting next to you and holding you as we cradle your body and talk to you about comics. So if you enjoy the sound quality of this, this is how it usually sounds. Uh, there was just a couple of people that are like, "Man, I can't hear this person," or it's it's the uh, the room is too big and blah, blah 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 blah, whatever. I mean, they have every right to comment on it, but uh, it was an anomaly, as detailed in the beginning of the episode. So uh, they should have ran with that, but they didn't. They took it upon themselves to contact me. So whatever.
2: <laughs> well, listen. In a way, it's a it's a sh- it's a sign of love. They. They they want they want the full experience. I get it.
1: I, it. No, I completely understand, and I welcome any kind of constructive criticism, which this was. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Keep us on our damn toes,
2: right? So we get for for DAP and I trying to share a mic.
1: Yeah, and you know it hit me because DAP had the splitter, and I and I said to DAP after we recorded, I'm so stupid. We should have hooked that splitter up in the USB C thing, yeah. and. You both could have had your own mics
3: for next time. I'll I'll know. I'll I'll make sure to because I didn't. It was weird because I didn't have my MacBook. I just I just brought my iPad. I I don't know why I brought the hub to begin with. I guess I wanted to show you because it's got all the ports. It's got the Ethernet and HDMI. But I'll um I'll make sure I'll I will do my damnedest to make sure I have it for. before we head out to sea. No, anymore. that
1: was the universe dangling that hub in front of my consciousness to say, here's the solution to your
3: problems. Yeah, you're going to need this thing. And I introduced in the second act. Right, right.
1: I completely ignored the universe. And I think it suffered a little bit from it. So, fooey on me. But next time we know, we'll get that hub all set up and everybody will have their own mic and it'll be all crisp and sparkly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, New York Comic Con twenty twenty one is in the books. Book it, Dano. Yeah, my wife watches that, and uh, it it was a very enjoyable experience. Now, going in, we knew that uh, all of the days were at reduced capacity. Mm-hmm. It, what, exactly what that reduced capacity was, we weren't. We don't know. So, um, in terms of navigating the place, it was a joyful experience. Indeed, yeah,
2: yeah. Be- yeah I mean, it it was. Uh, I mean, we don't have any official numbers, but but I, I would say we agreed that it was somewhere between twenty thirty percent of what a normal con would be, uh, New York Comic Con would be. Yeah, for each day, so like uh, so. And that that's a uh, it was a um, uh, a relative thing. So so. Thursday and Friday are always less crowded than than Saturday, Uh, and and that was the case this time. Uh, We were told, and again, this isn't confirmed, but we were told by several people who seemingly would be in the knowledge that Saturday was the only day of the con that was sold out, and um, even with that, it was was the first and probably only time that it was still relatively easy to walk around uh, everywhere you know normally on a Saturday it's completely impossible to walk on the main floor it it is literally just a sea of people all squished together and you're just moving very slowly along with the crowd trying to uh to to get through it it could take you know 40 minutes to an hour to get from one side to the other even if you're uh not stopping often but but this time there none of that you could like you could get around because on Saturday I had to do something and I met up with y'all and it was like super easy to come and find you and that's great but it is a (laughs) one and done we're not going to get that ever again i think right
1: and saturday is usually the day we retreat to artist alley because it's it's usually less populated there not by much these days um meaning the the in in under normal circumstances artist Mm -hmm. alley has a lot of foot traffic but nowhere near the main floor because a a good number of the people that go to new york comic con aren't there for artist alley they're there for the tchotchkes and the um, I, I I saw the writing on the wall when uh, Funko wasn't going to be there, for sure. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. I mean, my um, my coworker uh, and her husband are also geeks, and they generally go uh, w- for one day to New York Comic Con, uh, and they did go on Saturday. And I was curious because they aren't artist they aren't artist Alley people. I think they spend very little to no time at Artist Alley. Each year, but they seemingly always have a great time, and I was curious to see what they would think, you know, "quote unquote" normies. Uh, and they had a great time. They they thought it was great, even though the publishers weren't there, and and the Funco and some of the other big vendors weren't there. They still thought there was lots to see and do. So uh, ultimately, that's all that matters, right? It seems like people that went had a good time, and oh
1: yeah, there was still a lot to do, a lot to see. Yeah. Um, And I think the fact that Saturday was a bit on the aggravating side was because Thursday and Friday were so wonderful. I mean, Mm -hmm. we were just walking around like we owned the place on those two days. Dap and I, uh, Thursday, we hit a a vendor and we just scooped up a bunch of books. And it was was easy. There wasn't a lot of uh, shoulder-to-shoulder action. It was great. But then Saturday, it was obviously more populated. And things took a little bit more time, but not noticeably more. Like, Yeah, well, no, it was noticeably, but not to the point where we we're just like, we got
2: to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Lots of fun. Mm hmm.
2: And I, I think the other big difference was that while it was uh, certainly lots of people were still there, um, the, you know, we didn't normally, a lot of a con weekend for us is seemingly endless conversations. We go from conversation to conversation, whether it's stopping at an artist's table and catching up with them to then taking a 10 steps down the aisle and running into to friends to running into listeners. And, you know, it's, it's, it's dozens of different long conversations. I mean, that's really what it is. And that really wasn't this con. Um, we, we, it was a combination of us not seeking those conversations out and also just there being such a lower volume of people that we have the kind of intimate relationship where we would seek that out like we had, uh, you know, we had a few, obviously, and, and, and certainly we spent a ton of time with the Felix comic art crew, uh, DWJ and uh, Felix and Yams and Lambert, um, you know, had a nice conversation with Jay Gonzo. Uh, you know, I caught up with the Essential Sequential crew. You know, and a few others here or there, but but, but it wasn't, you know, T- we didn't spend a lot of time having conversations. And, and the, again, the nice thing about that was, uh, you know, it's it's the most quality time that uh, we got to spend together in a long time. Like, we true. we really did spend a lot of the weekends, just the three of us talking about life and, 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 and uh, you know, and, and it's great that after all these years, we still can uh, learn new things about each other. We had some pretty heartfelt conversations this weekend. I thought, yeah, you know,
1: well, it right. It's true i let my guard down once
2: you did you did the outer carapace you forgot to bring your your hard outer shell
1: yeah uh but don't forget stegman we spent a good amount of time with with steggy Uh, yeah for
2: sure for sure absolutely yeah
1: and uh, i don't know if he even likes being called that but i'm gonna call him that anyway but um and the uh the highlight was the uh felix uh sponsored dinner that uh, we got to schmooze with Stegman and Daniel Warren Johnson and Trad Moore and Paul Pope.
3: And Paul Pope. And Pope Shimizu. Yeah, sure. Yoko
1: Shimizu, yes. It was a wonderful uh, once-in-a-lifetime experience. um, Yeah, a lot of fun. We recorded our thoughts on that in great detail, Uh, not only the events of said dinner, but um, just how... um, amazing it was and our feelings on it and that was served up
2: to our patrons yeah if we sound a little subdued recapping part of it is because we i think did a gailman's job of providing tons of on-the-spot recaps of meals and uh goings-on and shenanigans and purchases and uh art hustle and book hustle uh during the show like you said and i I don't know if you have the tally but we put uh, quite a few uh short form uh, episodes through patreon this weekend i, I mean, think at, at least three hours of audio yeah
1: so yeah at I, least and video and photos and yeah but i no, i will say the only new york that topped this one in terms of content was the one where we did uh creator videos Mm-hmm. Gabriel Hardman, oh, yeah, Jim Mafood, yeah. like we did a lot of videos those, one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jason was all up in my grill because apparently I put the camera too close to the speaker and he was like, dude, you know, back off. I was like, oh, well, but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, more content than this one, but not by a whole lot. I mean, we, we really bombarded them this year. And mm-hmm. if you want to see what all that's about, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Uh, you probably won't be able to see a lot of the New York comic con stuff, but we're going to open it up, uh, before Christmas. So everybody will have access to everything. And you can see just what insanity goes on in that, uh, Neck of the woods, so uh, keep that in mind. I don't know when we're going gonna... to. We'll baby. let you know when it happens when we open up those floodgates, so you'll be aware of it uh, soon, really soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't buy as much as previous conventions,
2: and there wasn't as much to buy, right? I mean, a lot of the there were vendors there, but 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 certainly, again, it was a, a, a fraction of what would normally be there.
1: Yeah, you got the the uh piece de Resistance with that uh beautiful page of art why don't you tell them about it
2: oh oh well yeah i mean i i as part of all this i my normal art hustle was was throttled way back probably to my my booze uh joy they probably had great joy in that um not true i i checked my notes i mean the last three new york comic cons i came home with over 50 pieces of each of those comic cons uh I came home with uh five pieces this this trip. Uh and they were all they were it's, they were two commissions prearranged. So uh just a a massively different experience for me there and as a result I thought well let me look through some of these art dealer books and see what's what and I didn't really have any agenda there because I these days with the internet I like anything that's directly in my wheelhouse like new domino art or like Excalibur, Alpha Flay, like I, I, I get alerts like everybody else these days, you know as soon as something like that goes online so I wasn't expecting to see anything like that but, um, but you know, it's fun I, I just like you guys like to bin dive I, I enjoy going through the portfolios just to see the art and so I was flipping through Albert Moy's stuff and came across a just a crap ton of Gene Colon pages um, and I was, so I'm like, oh this is man he's got a lot of Colan here, um and then, lo and behold, there was a page from a Captain America uh, annual from, um, I th- think, I have to look, I think it was the early 80s, but Captain America annual number five, and it was uh, Serpent Society adjacent. It was Captain America beating the shit out of the Constrictor. And <laughs> I uh, I was like, oh, man, you know, I don't have a Gene Colon. Um I certainly think he's one of the all-time greats, and it was, I thought, pretty reasonably priced, so uh so i pounced on it yeah i was pretty stoked i
1: thought it was in the pocket too for what you got
2: yeah and then and then the good thing is is uh both felix and lambert who who pull no punches when it comes to that stuff both thought it was a steal so i don't feel like at least I, at a minimum i feel like i didn't overpay i didn't let my emotions overpay so that's good all right
1: and it's a great looking page too mm-hmm. and it, and it has those those characters you crazily love
2: Right. Yeah, and I did post that page to the Facebook group, so you don't have to be a patron to see that. You can, right. you can go to our Facebook group and see that.
1: And you also got some Mateo, too.
2: I did, I did. But th- that's probably less, less uh, aston- astonishing because I think that is my – I bought two more Secret Avengers pages, and that is, I think, puts me over 20 pieces for Mateo.
1: That's amazing.
2: By the way, though, but, but but I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I hadn't had any notes about this, but I'm glad you, uh, Karma, um, not sure that he's going to listen to this, but I know he occasionally listens, especially if we talk about his work. Uh, shout out to Mateo and his uh, lovely lady who just uh, welcomed a, a baby boy into the world.
1: Oh, that's nice.
2: So he's a daddy now. Yeah. Let's
1: get the pencil in his hand right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. I. Admit that I'm nowhere near you when it comes to uh, original art and commissions, but uh, my one regret was that uh, Michel Fife wasn't there this year because I would have definitely got something from him. Maybe he'll be at Emerald City. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And I bet for sure he'll be at Heroes. 30th anniversary oh yeah uh,
1: isn't that his relatively his home-based show like the yeah. only uh, i remember him being at new york yes
2: yeah yeah but, absolutely yeah yeah
1: but i think we've seen him more at uh heroes or that just i've never
2: not, he's never not been at heroes and we've been there so i'm assu- uh, that's why i'm assuming he'll he'll be there for sure cool
1: i want to do a Man-Thing versus Rom.
2: Well, remember that. So in like February-ish, march when I'm on that Heroes Commission set-up hustle, we can make sure we reach out to FIFA and get you set up because you'll have to do that pre-show probably. Cool. Awesome. hmm
1: So Dap, anything to add to New York Comic-Con?
3: Yeah, I think... Um... You know, honestly I, I really do think that uh Reed did a fantastic job with yeah, with, with the hand they were dealt. I mean, I saw a bunch of smiling eyes, everybody's masked up of course, but I mean there weren't I you know, I didn't hear too many complaints. I think um I mean I was I was a fan of uh a lot of the vendors. Uh, my wife made out I think better than I did this year, uh, for a change. Which was nice, uh, like Vince said. I we didn't spend a lot of money. I didn't spend much on myself, uh, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a really expensive weekend for me at least. But I think uh, I, I I was enjoying the con a lot more this. I was just enjoying what was being offered, even though there wasn't a lot for me to to splurge on because uh, I'm not fucking buying a full set of alpha flight for 300 bucks and and i'm not uh I, I, there were a lot of dealers that well i say a lot but there were most of the dealers we came across they wanted to go home with everything that they came to the con with there were some stupid prices and i don't know if it's because hey it's new york comic-con and or we're just in new york and they figure you know hey, if if i'm standing at your booth and i'm looking at a price on something i can go i mean yes the, the excitement is the instant gratification—I can buy it right now and, and leave with all these books. But I can also hit up eBay or Mile High and, and or or uh, my comic shop and see what I can get. So that was that was a little off putting, which is why I was able to enjoy myself with the tchotchkes and 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 the truffles and the fudge. And and uh there was there were some pretty fun dealers with it Since, since you know we didn't have. As Vince said, the Funkos, we didn't have the Marvel or or the DC, um, No Eagle Moss. Uh so it was um aside from that, I still think that uh from from, from checking in to to getting uh you know to, to showing the clean bill of health and and uh the the, the wristband and walking around, just everything there, um I really have no complaints with. I mean even even getting in this year. It was just it what because it wasn't as crowded. But I think I think uh I I really don't think I I'd be very surprised if I was reading a lot of people coming down on Reed because of how they handled things. I didn't I, I from my perspective, I didn't see anything to uh to take on prejudice. But um it really was. It was it was, it was a fun weekend. Um, if anything, it, uh, got me psyched for Emerald City in a few weeks, which is another Reed show. Um, so I don't, uh, if there was anything that, uh, anybody had anything negative to say about it, then, uh, they could take that to heart and adjust for Seattle. But, um, but no, if New York was any indication, I'm really looking forward to, to seattle um and i just i mean it's, it's weird we we usually the three of us will go a few months between cons and seeing each other and and here uh it ain't that long a wait which is great right. um and then we just you know then it'll just be fucking june but um i'll no, probably really... be glad to get rid of both
2: of you by then <laughs> But it was nice too. Like it was nice. We just were, like we went to my basement and watched We watched some TV, just relax yes. together. Yeah, yeah we, no, we're, we're, yeah. We
3: watched
2: yeah. the big screen. TV, we watched. Well, yeah. I guess the first night we went to the basement, and watched Foundation. Yeah. And then uh, the next, the next night, we put up in the big screen in the in the great room and watched uh, the next episode. And uh, it was nice to just relax with y'all, like without a. Oh, you, really nice. you know.
1: We're at the point in our uh, collective relationships where we don't have to speak every minute. Right.
2: Yes. Right and i like i that. do think that is a true sign of good friendship i say that all the time like where you know you just you don't you don't need to fill the fill the air with chatter every second
3: yeah
2: yeah Now I mean, on the show we should because people don't want to listen to dead air but yeah, but uh yeah,
3: especially since we're not doing video but yeah. uh no i think yeah i mean aside from from the con uh with again you know appreciate read for the, the press passes and and uh letting us check everything out i think i mean the 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 fact that the again because of the it wasn't as uh attended or there weren't as many exhibitors it was uh, the aisles were nice and wide it was uh it was was, seriously it was it was was a fantastic experience um but yeah uh,
1: i I I think they did everything in their power to make it a good show
2: Right. I was just going to say, I mean, I mean, not blowing smoke up wreaths behind just because they, you know, they they uh, afforded us the opportunity to go. But I really do think I didn't know what to expect. Um, and, and I agree with what you're all are saying. I mean, you know, we even though it was much less crowded than normal, I mean, there were still tens of thousands of people there, particularly on Saturday. And uh, in as much as that is uh, an environment that might make a lot of people still uncomfortable, I have to say, you know, the fact that we're all vaccinated, that everyone there had to be vaccinated and i was very interested to see what the mask situation would be like and um i'm sure there were there were, among tens of thousands there had to be some people that were trying to shenanigans but like man i i feel like everywhere i look people had masks on with no issues like there were yeah. i did you know we were just recently in disney with the family and and you know more people than not didn't have masks on uh or had to be told hey remember to put your mask up when you're inside type of thing and, uh, you know, it wasn't hostile there, but it was like people needed to be reminded. Whereas here, I just felt like everywhere I look, man, everybody was masked up, you know, just following the rules. And I didn't see a lot of a lot of uh, read people having to remind people, hey, remember, you got to wear your mask all the time. I just, And it was, you know, is that like it's no doubt was would still be safer. Like if you're if you're really worried about COVID, then, yeah, you probably shouldn't go to a giant in- indoor event with tens of thousands of people. And I'm not going to argue that but if you've decided it's worth the risk particularly if you're vaccinated i really did feel like they they did everything they could possibly do in a situation like that with a size crowd like that to 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 create a safe environment you know yeah exactly
1: there were a couple toy related incidents um at the show and uh i got to apologize to my my brothers here for wasting 45 minutes of their time in the digital queue to try to get the funko uh oh, tmf please please that was number one. I mean, we waited forever. Jason was the closest to the brass ring and still didn't yeah. get it. But uh, I really wanted that TMA. T- that t- damn yeah. Yeah. but whatever. No, I
3: wanted to get it for you, but yeah, no. I mean, but it was. But hey, it, if if we didn't try, then you know, you would have been able to get it. It, it was listened. It was. And and what else were we doing? It wasn't right. like okay, you know, we yeah, were leaving the building to go wait online. line. We we could still do other things. I mean, we decided to hunker down there because you know we had a decent signal and we didn't want to. Fuck that up. But, you know, we could have we, we still could have walked around. We weren't. It was. Yeah. Trust me. I had no problem doing that. I'd do it again in a heartbeat for you. OK. Yeah, thank no, you. Normally at a con, I
2: have I am anxious.
1: <laughs> of
2: the a little on day that because I want to make sure I'm getting everything done. And then after the cons over and we're going to have cocktails and dinner, I I can relax more. But it, but and it's not like a negative anxiousness, but I'm always like, man, we got like I, I get antsy if conversations go for too long. I get antsy taking mm-hmm. a long lunch. So, for me, this was a much different vibe. And, and with that, like, yeah, like, trying to get your team at was... Like we, like, we had all the time in the world, we really did. I mean, we had all the time in the world to, to whatever we felt like doing, so...
1: Right. And uh, the second toy-related occurrence was Dap and I are tooling around, looking at booths, and this one vendor had two packs of Tom Scholey's Transformers versus G.I. Joe minifigs from Kid Robot. I didn't even know these things existed yeah and uh they were five bucks a piece for a two-pack so we cleaned them out on that day and then when we went back he restocked so we bought more of them and uh we did a video of us opening these blind box figures for our our patrons just something fun you know uh part of the con experience and uh jason was the recipient of all of the joes i told him straight out if i get any joes you're welcome to him, my buddy, because I don't want I don't want those things. Uh, no offense, <laughs> but I'm just. I'm, and how many times during the show did I say I, I wish I liked GI Joe? Because yep. there's so much to buy, but that be that as it may, and uh, the uh, props to Sh- Tom Sholey because these figures are really nice. For yeah. sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so now I um, the only one I need out of all the Transformer side is Bumblebee so that's you get that oh, okay. for, it's cheap but uh got the glow optimist the they're they're wonderful figures so if you see them uh tom sholey and the box has his art on it it's great mm-hmm. it's like a little tom sholey experience and I, I bet you he loves that that he has these little figures made in the the visages of his uh creations but yeah great stuff and and that was new york comic-con 2021 and then we're going to traipse all the way across the country in seven weeks to emerald city so the uh the offer stands if you see us at emerald city or hear us probably hear us before you see us uh come on over
3: see jason and his
1: two bodyguards
2: yeah right yeah and uh and by the way we we said this a week or two ago and we announced that we were going to emerald city formally but Um, we already heard from a bunch of, of, of EOC familia who uh, are West coasters that haven't ever had a chance for us to meet in person. So that's going to happen. But also, um, I I am, I am making the assumption, we'll see, but I am making the assumption that Emerald City is going to be, um, more normal, meaning like crowds and, and people and artists and stuff than New York Comic Con was just because we'll be two months further along and they'll have learned from this, uh, the travel i think the biggest issue is that the travel ban will be gone um cuz you know a, a massive amount of european uh and south american artists who had initially said yes to read for new york had to uh had to opt out uh, because either they were countries are still banned in the travel ban or um, in a lot of Latin American countries, the vaccines that they received were not on the approved list yet uh, for, for travel. So point being, I I think Emerald city is going to be more robust and, uh, and it's certainly going to be a different vibe for us because we're going with it with, with our posse. We got a crew rolling deep, we're rolling deep there. We've got a little Airbnb situation with a bunch of our, with our, our home skillets. And I mean, I don't, know that we're going to have like a formal eoc get together at like you know hey you know we're not going to like get a room like we do at new york comic-con or anything necessarily but i do think there's a decent chance that at least one of the nights that we're there we have uh you know we have an informal get together where we'll hit you up with the on the socials and the patreon and 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 the slack and and uh and the facebook and say hey for those of you at Emerald City, let's meet here for some drinks tonight. Like, I, I would hope that we can at least because I do think you know there are going to be quite a few uh uh EOC peeps there that uh that we've just never had a chance to meet. So, I, I, I definitely hope we get a lot more interaction than we we had at New York. Um, again, because in you know, New York, like New York was weird, like, we didn't even hang out with the no apologies guys, you know, it was just just one of those things like like a lot of people just didn't roll and then a few people I found out were at the show but we didn't run into them you know like I know Bill Z was there I know that uh like uh, uh, Joe Mulv- Mulvey had a table I didn't realize that yeah was, I saw I, that that's a fact by, yeah, yeah we walked by like Sally 20 times I, I don't I, I don't know that I maybe he needs a, a better design placard or something like I didn't see, I didn't remember seeing his name but uh but uh I know Ian was there you know so there were a lot of people there that we would have been happy to catch up with we just didn't even know we're coming or vice versa but so emerald city i really do hope it's uh it's a friend stravaganza
1: nice cannot wait so let's talk about the comics
2: let's do it what do you have well first i need to ask you all a question Uh-oh. Uh no no how far behind are each of you uh on the immortal hulk
3: A very. Not so much very. uh, Maybe 10 or so, 12. Okay, that's a considerable amount.
2: I mean, that's that's a a year's worth. Okay. Well, I I asked because I I did, uh, as many people probably know, uh, Immortal Hulk number 50, uh, the final issue of the Fantastic Long-Running series, came out today. As we're recording, it's Wednesday. Uh, I did... um, in anticipation of that, I caught up with the book so I could read that issue immediately. And uh, I am complete on Immortal Hulk, all 50 issues. Um, and uh, I will, since it came out today, I'm, I'm not just going to be spoiler sensitive for you two, Jim Oaks, but I'll be spoiler sensitive for our listeners too. I'm sure many people haven't even gotten the book yet. But uh, but I uh, I probably read like, a little more than 20 issues over the last two weeks to to catch up on this. And I'm just re reminded of, of what an astounding work it is. Um, And just also how amazing it is that it was so well received by the audience because it's so different than a typical Marvel superhero book, like in all ways. I mean, it's, it's, and it's nothing, it's nothing we haven't said before about it, but the, the, it's this, wonderful amalgamation of body horror and deep psychological wounds and disassociative personality disorder and uh, like the manifestation of emotions within our emotional state. And there's all these deeply uh, emo concepts and and mixed with these uh, really just ghastly horrifying body horror imagery and, and, and monsters. And it's, it's just this wonderful, strange conglomeration of, of, of deep dark thoughts that Al Ewing has and using basically the Hulk IP as a husk for that. And I just thought it was marvelous. And the way that it ends, um, you know, just seemed fitting and right. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, 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 I thought he stuck, I thought he stuck the landing. Uh, and I say he. I mean, there's a whole team involved. And and look, I I, I know some people cringe now. You like it says we can't bring the book up because of Joe Bennett, but like I, I think that's silly. I, I I think the book is still the book. And I don't profess to know all that much about Joe Bennett's politics. I, other than to say, I I'm certainly not a person I probably will hang out with in person. Uh, or share, we don't share many ideas, but, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's still a phenomenal artist and, and, and uh, you you can't separate Joe Bennett from the immortal Hulk. So unless you're going to pretend the book never happened, I, I, you know, I, I think we have to give credit where credit's due there. Um, but yeah, man, I thought it was great. Like I said, they stuck the landing. Uh, it's a long ass issue. Um, I think they buttoned up everything pretty well. They left a few Hanging chads for the next crew, Donnie Cates and Ryan Otley, to pick up. And, uh, you know, the thing that, that I loved about it is, is and especially reading such a big chunk again, is that um, I just love the idea that you can take such weird avant-garde positioning on this character, but then not at the expense of, like, it not fitting into what's come before, you know? Right. I mean, to me, that's the real masterstroke stroke of the book. Like, all the Hulks we've ever seen are all the whole, like, they've all existed. Like, like you know, and it's like the Peter David Hulk and Red Hulk and Joe Fix-It, like, they all are, they all look different by design because they're literally different manifestations of Banner. And uh, they have different power levels and they have different abilities and different motivations and they come out for different reasons. And, uh, you know, and tying all that into multiple personality is just, I think, genius. It's genius and was done so well. And, uh, yeah, I just, I have to say that uh, that is a book that will be very, very difficult to touch. Uh, And I understand it may not be everybody's favorite Marvel book, and that's fine, but, but in terms of just the unbridled, creativity that also is matched by commercial success there aren't many at marvel or dc that have ever had that kind of combination right you know i i just don't i can't i offhand i can't think of another i mean i'm sure there are but uh but but this was like just this rare little gem of a not a little gem but there was this rare gem of a of a of a just just somehow al ewing was unbridled or unencumbered by the, the normal tropes of superhero comics and yet still managed to make it a 616 superhero book that shouldn't really piss off any continuity wonk if, if they're, if they, if they're, if, they're, if such things still exist. So hat tip to the team, hat tip to an amazing, what, six year run, five years, six year run, um, bunch of Eisner thrown in there. I think all well-deserved and, uh, I will very much miss the book.
1: Truth. I think it was neat that they managed to coincide the last issue of Gamma Flight with this uh issue they like, both of them came out today, which was kind of mm-hmm. cool and I think the wraparound cover is probably alex ross 's finest moment on the book mm. Mm. it's wonderful it is um, yeah. the, the the um the skewed perspective is amazing, and the whirling miasma in the sky that with the green and the red it's it's just a beautiful beautiful painting i love it yeah uh and he's done stellar work on this series every issue the covers were great but this one i th- I think he went out in, in uh, appropriately he went out with a real bang yeah it's it's wonderful but uh yeah i gotta get my uh my poop together and get these issues read because i i don't want it to be spoiled for me obviously which thank you thank you for not doing that Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i've been reading it in the oversized hardcovers so
2: right yeah no i um yeah no i i I, yeah listen i mean it's, it's one of those things where uh I'm sure for some people it'll get it's be a while till they get around to finishing it but it's definitely worth it like it's the journey's worth it and and it was for me one of those books that I just I read in batches not for any particular reason and every time I jumped in and caught up I was left with like that why did I fucking wait to read this like it's so good yeah. you know and then I'm like I got to I got to just read this as it comes out and then then I don't do it then a year goes by and I'm like oh I, I need to catch up and uh and and I'm like oh damn that's lit. But, you know, so <laughs> it's lit. Yeah. Now I read the first issue of Gamma Flight, and I didn't. It didn't stick with me, so I I, I haven't been reading that.
1: I read the first two. I I, I liked where it was going, but uh, again, I need to uh, marshal my forces and get all these things read. There's just too much to read. Mm. Yeah. And we we bought more of it during the con, so
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I. I uh, who, who, we being the, uh, the royal we of you and David, not yes, uh, yes.
1: I was sitting in my comfy chair, reading uh, some of the things I will talk about in a in a couple moments, and I'm looking around at all my book, all my paper, and the 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 typical tried and true old. I really don't need to buy new things. I was just uh, I wasn't struck by that fact cuz it's painfully obvious when you walk into the room that it's just walls of paper and um needless to say that's not even where I store my single issues this is just bound collections and 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 paperbacks and and hardcovers and I uh, I really don't need to buy another book and yet we still do and I There was a period in my life where I didn't buy comics. It wasn't long, but there was a year or so when I divested myself from the medium. I don't know why. Uh, And uh, it felt like something was missing in my life, obviously. So I've never stopped, and I don't seem to be able to stop, (laughs) which is kind of scary, right? Who the hell needs more paper? And yet there we are. You know, thumbing through the boxes. It's so strange. I wish I could understand it. It, it, It's so irrational to just keep bringing more books into the house. But I'm unable to stop.
2: Listen, we all have our demons. And I always say that uh, if you have an addictive personality... Yeah. You need to I know in a perfect world, everyone say, "Oh, you just just cure your addictions." Well, it's pretty deeply embedded, and I think all collectors and and, and so I, I'd like to think that uh, at least I rationalize it by saying, uh, this is a much healthier in the grand scheme uh, thing for me to obsess and be addicted to than uh, than lots of other things that you could be addicted to.
1: True, yes i it, had there not been such a thing as comic books, I probably would be dead, yeah, either from drugs or some kind of sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> he chuckles, but it's true, yeah, because i have a I have a need to feed my body with stuff, and comics have done that over the years, so yay comics right <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, What were the things, uh, and I always talk about it when we go uh, traipsing down memory lane, what were the things I loved most about being a comic fan in the 70s
3: and 80s? Fanzines.
1: Yes, fanzines. Uh, To this day, I have a, a, a mighty appetite for fanzines. And contrary to popular belief, although they may be in hiding, fanzines aren't dead thanks to of all things amazon there are a number of uh, self published books and fanzines that you can procure on amazon very very easily uh, i believe it's called create space where you know you up- upload your your digital files and amazon prints them and you know they're the said publisher of things so i mean there are a plethora of fanzines on a number of uh, different subjects, but the subject here is comics, right? So I want to make people know about a, uh, a number of fanzines available on Amazon helmed by one man, Justin Marriott. He's the editor of all these things that I'm going to tell you about. The first is a, uh, a magazine-sized uh, prestige format thing called Monster Maniacs right in the pocket right two issues were published to date this uh, number two has a uh, cover date of spring 2020 but uh, i would fear not there probably will be more of these things but justin helms a ton of fanzines Uh, most notably pulp horror paperback fanatic uh just search him out on amazon justin marriott and you'll see all of the things under his uh, umbrella but the uh, monster maniacs why did i buy this well the second issue has uh, a tom sutton cover and uh, if you put tom sutton on the cover i'm buying it right this magazine slash book uh, among other things there's a number of interviews in here uh, one with Paul Ware, publisher of uh, Vampire Fanzine. It's a Vampirella fanzine. There's another with Midnight Magazine's Eric Wright. Great magazine. Eric is much like myself. He has a serious crush on Emmanuel Taglietti. This guy's amazing artist. There is a talk with John Spoonar, the author of Xerox Ferox. You probably heard me mention that book in the past he's also the editor of fantico's relaunch deep red magazine and do you know who the art director is on deep red magazine you do you should know james whiting margo the intergalactic trash uh, collector okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and uh publisher of the uh slaughterhouse fanzine There's uh, an article uh, by Jesse Todd that takes a look at the enduring popularity of Vampirella. It's a bit fluffy and light, um, but he just uh, lays out all of the various publishers that um, had the character and uh, asks that question, like, why is Vampirella so uh, popular? And the there's not really an answer right i think uh, all you have to do is look at the character to see why she's so popular but uh so the some of the better articles the deeper the, the more meaty articles there's a brit-centric look at the dracula legend in comics by jim o'brien and it, it covers all the bases now you're probably going to say okay dracula in comics tomb of dracula dracula lives right you know what else is there but um all of these uh fanzines under Marriott uh he's British. So there's there's a uh British slant to all the articles, which is great, right? Uh, if we want uh, American slant, we'll read a tomorrow's periodical. But this is definitely uh attuned to British history and sensibility. So the the Dracula article is too is tweaked to the uh British incarnations of dracula and it covers the bases like i said you get uh, house of hammer halls of horror there's paul neary and john bolton commentary uh it goes through scream and eagle and misty in 2000 ad and it gets to um the new Amer- new english library self-titled dracula magazine and i have always wanted these things uh they used to be advertised in the back pages of the monster times and i fetished them and i was a kid at that time so i never bought them they're incredibly hard to find and when you do find them they're expensive um what they were were they were spanish reprints and that name always comes up Uh, esteban Moroto. right he was in there But um, So it was a bit of a tease seeing these things and knowing that there's a compilation of the first six issues of this magazine. So I checked it on eBay. Needless to say, I will not be buying it. Uh, (laughs) It's ridiculously expensive. Uh, There's an article on um, Legend Horror Classics, which was a series of poster magazines. So why are these things noteworthy? Other than that they're horror comics, uh, they were or they did feature the very, very early work of Kevin O'Neill. We're talking 74, 75. Kevin O'Neill's been making comics for a long damn time. And I think most people will be like, ah, yeah, Kevin O'Neill, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, that stuff with Alan Moore. He's been around a lot longer than that. Nemesis the Warlock and and um, Martial Law I like to think of Kevin O'Neill as a relative youngster, but he's not. I can imagine—I only imagine how old he is. But the, the cool thing about this Legend Horror Classics magazine was—it wasn't really a magazine. It was a f- poster folded. The, the, the Brits did this a lot um, with with Monster Mag and and this, where the, it was published in the seventies, obviously. And posters were very, very popular. In the 70s, I can attest my walls were covered with them. And all my friends' walls were covered with posters. Like posters were a thing in the 70s. Everybody seemed to have them. So, you know, some brain surgeon thought, well, let's make a magazine that's a poster. And after they read it on the one side, they can hang it on their wall. So what does that tell you? Well, mint copies of this stuff, they're really hard to get because most of them were hung on walls. So they either have holes in them or they're all wrinkled and stuff. So tough to get, right? Uh, There's an article about Web of Horror. Either of you guys heard about this uh, magazine, Web of Horror?
2: Can't say that I have, sir.
1: Three issues were published. I have two of them. And it was published by major magazines, which shouldn't mean anything to you other than the fact that major magazines also published Cracked. And this three-issue magazine was uh, the brainchild of um, to challenge Warren's chokehold, um, the magazine-sized horror uh, genre. But it launched the careers of Michael Kaluta, Bernie Wrightson, Frank Bruner, Bruce Jones, and some guy named Marv Wolfman. Now, major magazines published cracked. And there's a really cool anecdote in this article. Um, After the third issue was printed, Bernie Wrightson headed to the major magazine's offices and he wanted to check on the art for the fourth and never published issue. And he got there and the place was cleaned out. Like, all the desks was gone, all the workers were gone, the place was, was vacant. And he's like, what the hell? Like, What's going on here? And because Cracked was still being published after this incident, the guys were like, well, Major Magazine still seems to be in business. They're publishing Cracked. Let's let's see if we can find out what's going on. So Frank Bruner managed to track them down. And he arrives at the, the this new offices, and he tells the secretary, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the new editor of Web of Horror. I want to check on the art for the fourth issue and she leads him to a storage room. And and while he's in there alone, luckily he had his portfolio with him. So the stack of art for issue four, he put it all in his portfolio and got the hell out of there. And he gave it back to all of the artists, uh, the owners of of the art. But that's not only um, the neat part about this little anecdote was this article all it, it traces where the stories intended to issue for, where they ended up, and I—I I mean, it was all mostly news to me because I—I had no idea. Like, some of these stories appeared in fanzines, other appeared in uh, in, in, uh and and Kaluta and others made their own little prosine and some of the stories appeared in that. Some of it appeared in cracks. Um, for Monsters Only. I mean, it's fascinating that the publisher pulled the rug out from under these guys, wasn't going to give the art back. Bruner goes in there and takes it, and then the stories have new life after the fact. Um, it's, it's. I love information like this, because it just makes the things that I enjoyed back in the day all that more vivid, because now I know the process that went into them. Uh the article also focuses on the work of established artists that appeared in the magazine, most notably the awesome and severely underrated Ralph Reese. Uh, and it's, it may be, I don't know, maybe uh, for the entire duration of the article, many times it's stressed that a lot of the artists and writers that worked on this web of horror magazine did so under pseudonyms because they didn't want to piss off Jim Warren. Jim Warren forbade anyone working for him to work for another publisher, so it's they wanted to escape the wrath of of Jim Warren. That was a a cool little uh, tidbit, and then back to Tom Sutton. There's a major article on Tom Sutton's Charlton work, and everybody laughs. You know Charlton, eh, you know bargain basement, crappily printed garbage comics. I, I don't agree with that. I think Charlton was anything but. Yeah, the production values of the Charlton books were lacking. I will agree to that. But the content was not. And this article by again, Justin Marriott, he pens the the, the real the meaty articles in this thing. He goes through all of the uh, not all of the, the uh, a, a lot of Tom Sutton's cover work for Charlton. And then at he uh, bookmarks or bookends his article with synopses of a lot of uh, Tom Sutton's Charlton stories. But he does so knowing full well that our buddy Craig Yeo has a Creepy Things Work of Tom Sutton book under his umbrella. And he doesn't synopse synopsis those stories that appear in that book. He does the ones that were left out. That's awesome. That takes into account, like, yeah, this thing exists. I'm acknowledging it. And I'm not going to retread anything you already have read, being a Tom Sutton fan. So here's stuff that you may not know about. Like, that's just money in the bank. So if you are a horror fan like myself, this thing is only 10 99 It's full color throughout. It is a bargain and a half. It took me probably around three, four hours to read this thing. Do the math. That's like 2 an hour, right? Well worth it. So go on Amazon, search for Monster Maniacs. There's two issues published to date. I have the other one here. Among other things, it focuses on National Lampoon's comic work with um, Frazetta and Wrightson and, and um, Barry Windsor Smith. So if you don't know any of that, this will edumacate you. Get on this. I got more fanzines, but I'm going to shut up for right now. And uh, hand it over to someone else because I'm tired of talking.
2: You love the zines, my man.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I, I like to know, uh, unlike yourself.
3: <laughs> no,
1: I, I like to know what what went into the the making of these things. And and if you're going to tell me about a conversation between Frank Bruner and Bernie Wrightson, like I'm all ears or eyes, as the case may be. What or else? Just,
2: I just trust you to inform me of the good conversations. Okay, uh, but isn't that
1: a cool story?
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah it's just I, neat. Yeah I, I, yeah, I like the old I like the old school stories of, of, of interactions artists and creators had with each other. I, I just, uh, yeah, just, just, and I'm, I'm just I, not a zines guy. I don't know.
1: I never thought about this. I, I, I never pulled myself out of uh, being in the moment reading Tomb of Dracula. But Gene modeled his Dracula after Jack Palance who did play dracula right. yeah and it's it's obvious now when you look at it but heretofore i never even considered it like that was just jean's depiction of dracula like i never obviously if if i mean it's subtle it's not a dead on jack palance right but you could see like the the jowls and the 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 that simmering you know uh cracked eye palance Stare—it's there, in his Dracula. But I never noticed it until I was informed about it through this zine. I can't ask for anything more than that. I love—I yeah.
3: love fanzines. Kind of uh, bummed we didn't find any this weekend.
1: Not any affordable ones, anyway.
3: Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, there were some, but not—not not, uh, wasn't willing to part with uh, that yeah. kind of money for them. But I'll tell you, if you go on M- on eBay, zines are rising uh, in price as w- in accord to all collectibles. Like, stuff that we could have gotten for uh, pennies on the dollar, not so anymore.
2: It's funny, of all the pictures I posted from New York Comic Con on my personal Facebook feed, so the, the stuff that would have been seen by non-comic fans, the 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 picture by far that got the most reaction was the... Uh, mint in case Super Mario Brothers that uh, Heritage had an estimated value of $100,000. That's craziness. People were baffled.
3: Yeah.
1: I still am.
2: Yeah, seriously.
3: What you got, Dap? Uh, I did not get to the shop last week before heading to Jersey. So I had a couple things to pick up today. Um... One of which uh, was the second issue of Hardware Season 1. And um it picks up right after the premiere issue where uh, Curtis, aka Hardware, is being framed uh, for the gas used during the Big Bang. Um, and he is he it it's it's a slick issue um he uh he infiltrates he, he impersonates an FBI agent and infiltrates um alva industries because he um he needs to uh, help his cause and hurt alvis at the uh at the same time but um Alva is knows more than he leads others to believe. And, and, uh, there is, there's a young woman, um, who, uh, who Curtis is, is sweet on at, um, at work. And Tiffany, Tiffany thinks that, uh, Tiffany is, and, and, and this is, this is why it's like, first of all, the, uh, The creative team is uh, Brandon Thomas is your writer. Dennis Cowan uh, and Bill Sienkiewicz are your artists. And um, Chris Sotomayor on colors. But uh, what was slick is that um, Tiffany, when when, when Tiffany sees that Curtis is in disguise, she's like, "Okay, I'm going to help you. I'll throw Alva off your scent. And um, and then, you know, we'll meet back up later. And so she, she kind of pulls Alva to the side and, and she's like, you know, well, we have to, um, we have to save Curtis, right? I mean, we can't, you know, you know, he's innocent. You just said, you gave this whole speech in front of everybody and, uh, we all know he's innocent. And, and I was like, yeah, no, no. Yeah. We, we, uh, we definitely have to look out for Curtis. And he says, um, but I think, um, we all know how special he is. Uh, the only question I have is how special are you to him? And, um, he's explaining that, uh, he's noticed. He knew for a while now that, uh, Curtis is kind of sweet on Tiffany. Um, he tells you you know, I've known, I've known about you two for a while. Uh, he doesn't know that he's doing it, but, um, there's a way he began to say your name some months back. And I'm like this motherfucker. Like I, I am so, I, I dig the, the whole detective work aspect of it. It's like, here's just some, he's not some feeble old man, obviously. I mean, he's, he's, he's in charge of um, this, this huge corporation and, and, and he's, he's a smart dude. He's an inventor. Uh, but you know, he doesn't, he never tips his, his hand, and 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 uh, so he's like, so he he kind of uh, he's he gets Tiffany to be questioned by by the FBI, figuring that you know if she's in custody, Curtis will come and rescue her, and um, and this will all play into into Alba's plan, uh, but Curtis has an old friend someone he had a relationship with years ago uh who is a lawyer so he uh he goes to um bakari's apartment and uh surprises her when when she uh when she gets home from uh from class but um so he's asking barack i'm sorry Bakari. um, Baraki is her name but so so he goes to her so that she can help tiffany because in the meantime hardware has to leave town and and he's running on fumes his uh his suit is losing power uh he's um he took the time to rescue a small child what was cool about this issue is that instead of turning a page and having a completely different scene. There's there's another story happening at the same time as Elvis is happening to Curtis. And there's this, there's this young boy who sees hardware, who saw hardware the night before take on the police. And um, and instead of getting like a whole page of this interaction between the boy Deacon and, and his dad or Deacon at school, you'll just see little panels. You'll see a panel thrown in occasionally. And uh so he Deacon ends up getting detention because he's caught doodling in class and and he's doodling hardware. Uh so he tells Dad, listen, I got he texts Dad, I got detention. Don't pick me up right after school, pick me up later. On their way home, they uh they get into a uh, there's a car accident, hardware goes to save Deacon and but because he stops, the cops get to him and, and they've got their guns drawn and um and he's just like, you know, uh, I'm I'm getting this kid to the hospital. Anybody stops me from getting this boy to some help is gonna get killed. He just tells him flat out, make a decision. And then he busts the little boy out of there. Tells dad, I'll uh, I'm sorry about all of this. I'll find you. And he takes him to the hospital. And and all of all while you know his AI is telling him, listen, you know, you don't. You don't have enough juice to get to the hospital to do everything else you have planned. And Curtis is just like we we gotta do what we gotta do. And and what's slick is at the um at the end of the issue is how he gets out of Dodge. Um which I don't want to really go into. It's just it it just really plays into the whole smarts of it all. I just I, I am uh I am I really have a um i have an appreciation for smart writing or people who when when your characters are 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 backed into a corner but not everything is you know they're not i just i appreciate characters that are always thinking ahead of of uh of the opposition good or bad whether it's i mean because it it happens um you know it's 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 like luther always getting the upper hand with with superman like when uh he had kidnapped Lana and uh, threatened the Kent's and, and, you know, it's like uh, he blew up a couple of his henchmen just because their stink would have gotten to Lex and, and, and Superman barges in and, and, but there's, and, and Lex is telling him I did this, 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 and this, but you can't trace it back to me. So, you know, it's all good. And, and uh, I just, I really do like it when, when, when a writer actually has things planned out. They're not just flying by the seat of their pants and hoping that, uh, you know, it'll all make sense later on. I, I I like the whole thread on the cork board and matching up everything that uh, this plays into this. And I just, I, that's, that's what this is. Hardware. Curtis, Curtis Curtis is is a very, very smart dude. And for him to go up against um, Alva, who isn't a schlub, by any means, I mean physically he's not exactly going to go up against them, but um when they're when their minds are engaged and and they're going after each other um it's it's it could be even a little bit more dangerous, but this was a fantastic issue. I enjoyed the first issue this one just kicked it up a whole bunch of more notches um i i I gotta get the third issue as soon as possible 'cause 'cause uh I don't know really. What, um, what hardware slash Curtis is, uh, is going to do once, um, once he lands. But, and and this also ties into a, um, Virgil Hawkins static has been calling Curtis, um, for nonstop. He's just, he's, he's been reaching out to him because of the events that are happening in the static book. And, um. And Curtis finally calls him back, leaves him a voicemail, and tells him, "Listen, you know, I got, I, I, I want to help you truly. I do. Um, I can't have you really attached to me right now because I don't, I, I don't want anything happening to anybody else. This is this is my fight. I'm the only, I'm the only one who should get hurt with all of this. So, let me do this. I'll come back. I'll help you. Obviously, at this point, Virgil didn't get that message because what Virgil." did in the third issue of um of static but it was it just reminded me of that uh kind of old-timey marvel universe books where you know you'd see spidey swinging in the background of, of some daredevil or fantastic four issue but um i appreciate the close Connectivity with, with the uh, with the milestone universe, but this was this was a fantastic issue. I really really liked it a lot. I'm I'm um, it's still it's only the second issue compared to the other milestone books, which we've gotten at least three of. Hardware um, still my favorite of the three. There
2: you go. Nice. You know, since we uh, talked about it last week. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one of us that got a few people. Uh, when I talked about, I mean, uh, Dab talked about the the new Jonathan Kent book. Mm. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that got a uh, that got a few pings this week saying, "Hey, I can't wait to hear your thoughts about uh, the news this week." And I, uh, you know, I guess, like, much love for wanting our thoughts, but I guess if you all know us, I would imagine I'm speaking for you both. Like, I don't have any earth shattering thoughts because I. I'm all for it for, well, I guess I should say what, cause I, I'm assuming everyone knows. Uh, it was announced, uh, actually on national coming out day. I'm sure that was no coincidence. Uh, it was announced that Jonathan Kent is bisexual and, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have a strong reaction other than like, it's awesome. Like I'm all for it. And I, I like, I, it's great to see. And I, I, I think the world has a lot long, a lot farther to go, but baby steps and um, you know we were just talking about a month or two ago when Tim Drake was um, was uh, depicted as, as as bisexual as well and we you know we I think at the time we said from our vantage, it was the biggest profile character uh, in the big two comics world to uh, to um, you know be portrayed as LGBTQ by a writer, which is great. Uh, and, you know, how long would it be for an even bigger character? And I'm not, you know, I'm not sure you'll have to slice whether you think Jonathan Kent is bigger than Tim Drake. He probably isn't, because he's a new character. Um, But I think in terms of the public writ large, the non-comics public, it's probably a bigger deal, because the headline reads, Superman is bisexual, right? Whereas uh, Robin is probably also very ubiquitous to the average person, but not as much as Superman. So, I think it's like in a way it's even though yes, it's like the comic nerdness says, well Tim Drake is a more important historical character in d c than Jonathan Kent um I still think it's 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 certainly big news um from a representation standpoint, but i mean i'm I'm all for it, I know you guys are all for it like i don't I don't have any groundbreaking thoughts other than it's great, and I hope we see more more of of this i I don't but uh I don't know if you guys want to add anything, but obviously it was very big news and and it was news that. Broke through the comics fail and was very much mainstream news this week.
3: Yeah. And, and, I mean, yes, I am absolutely Ill. for anybody who listened to one of our conversations to go heading to the con, it was either Friday or Saturday. And, and, um, the whole, uh, sex and gender. And, and, I mean, we, we had a conversation about things like that. And it, it, the, the timing made me smile because, I mean, I pretty much, it's it's no secret how i feel about these things and um yeah i'm i have absolutely no problem with it i it, the, the only the third issue is out yet these are events that happen between the fourth within the fourth and fifth issues which which haven't shipped yet um and yeah i whether there was something that could have been um whether there were any thoughts that could be entertained by the reader when when um, when Jay and John had their conversations before before John even brought them to to the to Smallville, to the Kent farm uh, for dinner, the, the the conversation they had. It was um it I depending on the type of person you are, you could have read that and think that there may be something that could be Grow from this now having no no information on on jay's background, only knowing you know John as far as going to the legion and and having a date um word a attempted date with uh with saturn girl that you know there's there's um we don't know much about john's in air quotes, sex life because i mean he was with grandpa when during the time that he he grew grew up and and age 10 years Um, so this is I am absolutely I am I have no problem whatsoever with this I'm happy about it I can't wait to see what Tom Taylor does and 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 again it just it, it adds to this Superman being different than the superman that's uh been around for so long
1: yeah i i think it's a very good thing but i'm not compelled to
3: read it because yeah i don't think it should yeah i i don't i i i don't want to think that it's like a gimmick to get people to i mean if 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 as long as the um uh not the interpretation, but as long as 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 long as it's depicted uh, honestly and 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 with with thought and care, and it's not you know just a ta- and 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 Taylor doesn't strike me as the type of person to do this, but uh, as long as it's just not something to show glad and say hey look what we did i just you know right I, I, i'm i'm fine with things that are natural but i don't think yeah if, if you haven't been reading it i don't know if this is something that would necessarily say okay well now now i gotta right
1: um i guess it, it it's part and parcel with the whole um for me i i don't care what jonathan kent's sexuality is just like mm-hmm. i i i don't care what the punisher's sexuality is like whatever um if, if i find the characters compelling like I, I love Apollo and and Midnighter, right? They're great. They're great together, and I think those two characters work really well. Uh, it, 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 I'm in it for the the stories. I, I, I I'm probably going to bury myself in a very dark hole, but whenever I see these things, um, this character is 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 this sexuality, and it, like it, it doesn't. I don't care. It, I, I'm not saying uh, it doesn't resonate with me i I think it's a wonderful idea that that superman uh be bisexual great go for it if that introduces a bunch of people to the the joys of of sequential art then awesome but that's i mean something like that is not going to get me to read the book it's just like saying oh in this issue wolverine dies that's doesn't compel me to read it right because i i think there's a component why it it may not be you know the entire reason for this uh, new development, there is a tiny component of it that is designed to attract people for said reason, right? Where you say in this issue, Wolverine dies. So a bunch of people are going to read it because they think it's going to be a, quote, important issue. And the same thing with this with this reveal that Jonathan is bisexual. If, I can't speak to it because I haven't been reading it. Right, uh, but if it if it makes sense in terms of what has been written about the character recently, then awesome. But I just there, there's a merchandising slant to it that be, me being me pushes me away from it. Right, has nothing to do with what the actual thing is. Right. Yeah. But it's just that I I, I don't feel compelled to read it.
3: I get that. Yeah. I, and I, I'm I'm thrilled that if if somebody who is Unsure, or um, is wrestling with with yeah, yeah. Then and then seeing you know fucking Superman is like me. That I mean I'm that that makes me smile. I believe, and I know Vince loves to see me say that. But it, it is it's it's one of those things where I'm just like fuck yeah. Then then yeah, I'll I'll read that story every day.
1: Sure, if it validates or um, helps you cope with feelings that you know you as a reader are having it's like yeah i agree with you i think it's yeah it's awesome it's just awesome but I, yeah it, it, it is an awesome thing i just don't want to sound like the crusty curmudgeon but no yeah you know yeah, me. I, I mean don't. i'm so totally open to it then it, wonderful yes yeah
2: and I, I did have a little bit of shot and fraud when i was hearing about the uh fringe nudniks who were complaining about how this is what's wrong with comics is and then uh uh, no, I'm saying in the great news is that we get the Comicron year-to-date report, Q3 report that shows that we just had more units, more floppy sold uh, in the third quarter than we've had. Uh, it's the second most, uh, it's the second best quarter of the last decade in the Comic in the in of, of selling single issues. Not you know. That's crazy because you know people are like, oh, it's about manga now, and oh, it's the collected editions. Wow, I like
0: <laughs> do it again. Do it again. <laughs>
2: But uh, no, it's like, no, you know, Nick, uh, over 25 million copies of comics were sold last quarter. And uh, it's, it's like I said, it's second best of the decade. So uh, comics are alive and well. Just Maybe the comics you don't want to read are alive and well, right. but uh, you know what? Then expand your horizons.
1: True dat. True that. Stay hating. Yeah. I'm going to expand your horizons. Please do. Who, did, do. who doesn't love mummies? Well, yeah. in what context? Uh mummies the the, well, the i mean, the, like
2: who doesn't love mummies like i mean i'm not crazy about uh all mummies but but you know i'm like with all things you give me a good mummy story i'm down for it exactly and if boy if you love mummies
1: the seventh issue of pulp horror again helmed by justin marriott it's all about mummies there are mummies in novels a lot of paperback covers there is an article about mummies in the pulps there are checklists bizarrely checklists of mummy short stories it's insane the the amount of research that must have gone into this but the reason i'm talking about it is there is a long article on mummies in comics right and it starts in the 40s hit comics, all flash. Then you got Witch's Tales and uh, the a uh, lot of pre-code horror books. Uh, it goes into the Charlton stuff and some EC stuff. Tales from the Crypt, Haunt of Fear. It goes into, obviously, Famous Monsters, Eerie and Creepy in the Warren magazines. There's Castle of Frankenstein in here. Quasimodo's Monster Magazine, like this, is a smorgasbord for me because I love all monsters of the movies from Marvel, of course. House of Hammer, because this is a, a Brit-centric periodical. Then Skywald makes an appearance with Scream, um, and uh, eerie pubs with witches' tales, tales from the tomb terror tales like I have most of these magazines and then it goes into Marvel and DC House of Mystery, Ghosts, Secrets of the Haunted House, all featuring mummies. You got Werewolf by Night in here, plug Where Creatures Roam, Monsters Unleashed, all reproduced in full color with annotations and uh, fleshing it out but at the risk of being that guy uh, and isn't it awesome whenever someone says, at the risk of being that guy, because probably they're going to turn into that guy. Uh There's a cover reproduced in here from the Monster Times. It's Monster Times issue number 15. And it's mixed in with all of the mummy-centric covers. Monster Times 15 does not feature a mummy on the cover. It's actually a zombie. Because it was drawn by Alan Ormsby. And how do I know this? Because Alan Ormsby wrote and starred in my favorite movie of all time, Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, of which this is an illustration or from which. This is an illustration of his pre-production drawings for the the undead that he the zombies that he created for the movie. And there's an article in the magazine of him detailing his makeup process. He also did the makeup. So, uh one demerit because it's not a mummy And it's surrounded by mummies. But other than that, it is a flawless, near flawless uh, presentation of uh, just everything mummy. You get the German take on mummies in their uh, pulps and comics. Then uh, to cap it all off, there's one thing that's not mummies. And it is a, a eulogy for Steve Ditko and Harlan Ellison, who had passed around the publication of this. So, uh pretty much a very narrow or small net because it just features mummies, but I loved every page of this thing. It's it's a wonderful little uh periodical. I have other issues of Pulp Horror, uh and I just bought this to complete what I do have. I don't know why I held out so long on this one, but I did, and I'm now I'm like kicking myself cuz this was a wonderful experience. Uh so if you love the mummies and pulp horror in general, Go to Amazon again. Just search for Justin Marriott or Paul Horror. It's a beautiful, and it's a digest size. So, this is not a big ass magazine. Uh, Square bound digest, slick covers, full color interiors. I think it's like nine bucks. Don't quote me, but it's cheaper than Monster Maniacs. But still, it's a value because where are you going to get production values like this on a zine for all of all things? Love it.
2: Justin needs to give us a vig.
1: Oh, I'm creeping on Justin. Yeah, there's a message board, uh, Brit Horror, and I did some searching, and he's a member. So I'm like, fuck it, <laughs> I'm signing up just to to uh, be like, alerted. Hey, boo. No, just to be alerted to the fact when he has new periodicals out, because I'm always in the mood for more uh, of his publications. Nice. Yeah. And I may have one for in your travels. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. All right. What do you think? Should we uh, terminate? Corral this pony. Yeah. Everybody, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast. Get them delivered right to your door. Get your pencil out or any other writing implement and jot these things down. From Vault Comics, we ride Titans number one. Will cost you $1.99. Brand new series from Vault. From Scout, Cult of Icarus, represent Carl Slominski. Will cost you $2.39. And last but certainly not least, from Seven Seas, it's the Common Rider Classic Manga Collection. You can kill a person with this, it's going to be so thick. Will cost you $23.09. Uh, I'll make this quick because this is a huge issue. And I don't want to belabor the point. This is another issue of Pulp Horror, but it's a special issue because it's an all-reviews special edition. It feels different. It's got uh, that textured clay coat cover. It's a different size than the Digest. It's a little bit bigger. But as the cover says, it's all reviews. So what do you expect to uh, encounter in this? Well, there's paperbacks. Because of Justin's other periodical. You got, you know, Ramsey Campbell, H.P. Lovecraft, but there's also comics reviewed in this thing, right? And I'm going to tell you, uh, we got Bizarre Adventures, edited by Danny O'Neill, issue 33. It There's, a, like I said, the pulp uh, number 7, which was a very small net, because it just focused on mummies. Very big net for this issue, because it just pulls in everything. Comics paperbacks novels reviews creepy um number 59 with corbin's great santa story and so on and so forth i don't want to uh you know devilina number one is a great magazine which i own uh there's even pulps in here so right straight beeline to my heart twisted tales from bruce jones issue one with that great corbin cover of the uh the last being almost shredded by zombies if you've seen the cover you know what i'm talking about because it's it's a great cover oh david's gary spencer millage's strange haven is Ooh. in here yeah it's great little magazine square bound it is a whopping oh it's over 100 pages 100 and almost 120 pages so get it get it get it scream number 10 which was, of course, a Skywalled magazine edited by Al Hewitson. I can't get enough of this stuff. Go get it. poor All Reviews Special Edition. It is amazing stuff.
2: Amazing. Can't get enough of this stuff.
1: I think the best time to read these, uh, for me, is in the winter months when the wind outside is howling, got nothing else to do, driveway's done, right, and you just lean back with your favorite hot beverage and just read about pulps and monster magazines and comics
2: yeah to your point i i am going barring some kind of uh unforeseen change of plans i'm going to be bringing some horror book to every episode this month
1: well that's what i'm trying to do too
2: yep because tis the season
3: you know this right indeed uh, this is an anthology that, um, I mentioned it since Vince talked about the, um, the amount of content that the, uh, patrons received over the weekend. I spoke on the way to Jersey and then on the way back home, but one of the, on the way there, I mentioned this anthology that I had started, um, called Noir is the New Black, nor stories, nor stories from Black creators. Uh, Sixteen stories in this book, forty creators. Um, it was published is published by Fair Square Comics. Uh, when I saw some of the names and solicit previews a few months back, I was definitely um, going to snag it, and I did. And and I mean the first story it it starts off strong as like there's really it it's almost unfair that uh that vera's list is the first story in this book because they it it the next few uh the next couple don't really uh compare to it 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 uh they they, they don't live up to uh what uh, Tyrone Finch and Todd Harris uh, did with, with with their few pages, uh, the, the stories, some of the some of the stories, um, it's I'm not, I, I don't want to say it's uneven because everybody is there. I mean, the, the, so, some of the art is fantastic. Um, there, there are a couple of stories where the the art outweighs the writing and vice versa. Um, some of the art may be a little stiff or maybe a little bit too computer generated, but um, there's heart in pretty much everything that I've read so far. I haven't finished it yet. I did get to the um, the Mark Bright story, uh, which is written by David Walker. Um, I'm not sure if it's Mark's style or maybe it's age. It's a little looser than what I saw way back when, uh, on Power Man and Iron Fist and, uh, Green Lantern and Iron Man. Um, and it's not, and, and because the theme is noir, uh, there aren't a whole lot of happy endings within. Um, but I think, um, I, I could, def- and it's the way some of the stories end. it's almost like, um, a pilot season or, 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 you know, we might see another another collection with some of these characters or maybe titles in the future. I don't know. I don't know if um, if these are just stories that everybody got together to write and, and just, you know, this is it, because uh, because there are a couple that are just a little. Almost like I'm wondering if I missed something because maybe it started somewhere else or um but i don't see anything um you know footnotes or editor's notes or anything like that there are a couple of even stories that have a bit of a sci-fi or mystical bent to them but i really really uh like this collection a lot um and the there's 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 a bunch of names that uh, are unfamiliar to me that I do want to seek out and look for more work by them. Uh, there are a couple of names that uh, that I haven't seen before and I'm and, uh, happy to see in this collection. But in your travels, if you can get, uh, get your hands on a copy, Noir is the New Black by Fair Square Comics. Sounds dope AF. I think you dig it. I think so too.
2: In um, what I will say is a, a very well timed release, considering that this was solicited three months before. So kudos for lining up the timing. Um, and I'm going to blow everybody away here. I'm going to recommend a dynamite book in your travels. Oh, boy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, check out Ian Fleming's James Bond. Himeros number one wow yeah I know you're like wait what what's going on here Dynamite is 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 uh, Vince's territory and James Bond is Dabstar territory true 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 um, I have occasionally tried out a James Bond comic and they've never really kept me around uh, even though I do consider myself very much a fan of the films I mean uh, see, seen them all love them all have a box set um but uh this one I pre-ordered um because of the creative team. Um it's written by Rodney Barnes, who uh I just think is doing just fantastic work with Philadelphia, And it's drawn by Antonio Fuso, who uh was the primary artist on my favorite G.I. Joe run of the last twenty years in G.I. Joe Cobra. So I just felt really safe that this was going to be a book that had the right kind of uh, patois, the right kind of vibe and 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 dialogue, and certainly visually that it was going to appeal to me at, at a minimum. Um, and I was right. Um, now, Hephaestus is a, a Greek word. It's a it's it's a a, a minor god. Of, basically the god of sex. Um, and, and this this is a pretty pretty cool setup uh, and very of the moment. Uh, essentially although he's called something different jeffrey epstein is killed or co- quote unquote commits suicide in prison okay this character is is the jeffrey epstein of this world he he's a super rich guy who owns his own private island and uh lots of uh inappropriate things went on in said island and now he is uh he was he was arrested and and he was quote unquote uh, committed suicide in, in prison, although in this book that's not left to your interpretation because we see that an assassin goes in and kills him. Um, and a lot of powerful people stand to lose quite a lot if he has, if the records of, uh, of this, uh, person's dalliances get, get public. And, uh, so what do, what do super rich, powerful people do to protect their secrets? Well, they hire assassins, at least in the James Bond universe. And, um, uh, dude's right-hand woman, uh, again, pulled straight out of the pages here, uh, is, is alive and she's allegedly, or at least they suspect she's got access to all of the files that could be used to incriminate all of these super powerful people. So, uh, there is a tremendous price on her head and, uh, and, uh, for some reason, uh, not yet clear. I assume it'll be made clear. Um, her Majesty's Secret service decides that they need to protect her. And, uh, they uh of course who do they put put in, in who do they assign that to? Well, our man our man Jimmy Bond. Uh so he has to go and find her and uh keep her safe and uh and and in as much as uh that's gonna be hard to do because more people are trying to kill her than John Wick. Um it was it was nifty, man. Like um, you know, I I some people may not be that familiar with Fusot's work. It's a very simple throwback-y line style, um, kind of like, uh, you know, he's of the same campus like a Jacques or a Francesco Franco via, you know, he, this isn't like Bond and, and, and the femme fatales aren't beautifully rendered in a jaw dropping way that you might see like from a Dodson or a Coypel or something. I mean, this is, this is not that, but I, I really do like Fuso's style, um, particularly for this kind of, of espionage, uh, book and, um, I think it's it's got a period feel to it. And, yeah, I was totally in, man. I'm going to keep reading it. I thought it was a, a solid first issue. Set up a, a very plausible, understandable, accessible uh, narrative. Threw us right into the action and adventure of Bond even needing to save uh, the uh, the uh, the protagonist's ass. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm all over it, man. Way to go, Dynamite. Ian Fleming's James Bond Hemidos, number one
1: fantastic will wonders never cease
2: yeah no crazy what a world insane see i it's it's it's, you know what it is it's the half-life of the goodwill i have toward you guys from spending days with you it's it hasn't worn off yet wow
1: that's well (laughs) maybe i should stick around more you'd be you'd be (laughs) buying all the dynamite books i'd be like yo this doc savage son (laughs) i I seriously doubt that but yeah i one could one could dream for
2: the win y'all
1: one could dream uh one of the things I did read and um uh, i did read I, I did read i did it I'm not going to talk about it, but uh suffice to say, I am so glad that Sabrina is back, and Robert heck is on it
2: i know and you know the thing is i didn't order the issue because it's so it's been so long like i i need to go back and read like it's been so long so i i need to i I feel like i need to reread everything that came before it
1: Uh, most people probably do but um there is a uh the story so far in the beginning of the issue so maybe you don't have to read it but i i'm surprised well i'm not surprised but even though it's an archie book they are not pulling punches with this thing Uh, this is brutal um yeah but more on that next
3: episode a uh, little bit of uh two, two things first um we do have um an announcement regarding the eoc gift exchange yes holiday season good call. uh a good pal Mr. Stephen Water, uh, sent me a text. Um, the gift exchange is open for business. Uh, he wanted to get it out. He wanted to get the announcement out earlier than usual this year, because there've been some drama regarding the post office and mail delays. Um, so he's still planning, he's planning on closing it on or around November 1st. Um, so if you are interested, check out the Facebook group. We have the, um, we, we have his post pinned to the top. Uh, or you can email any questions you have to EOCExchange at yahoo.com. Um, and I believe when he posted it on Facebook, uh, Brian or one of the other Slackers shared it on the Slack. So everybody can get in on it there. Uh, and the other little bit of house cleaning is um, our housekeeping is the October Book of the Month, which is all horror-themed. There was a slight hiccup with the... uh, All good. When creating the poll, um, unfortunately, well, as of right now, you can pick more than one item. However, as has always been the case with the Book of the Month, you are only allowed one vote. So if you are someone who has picked multiple items, when the time comes, when the poll closes in three days, um, we are going to go through the spreadsheet to see who voted for more than one thing. And we're going to decide which of your one vote will count towards one of your many books. So you have time to go ahead and change it yourself now. Uh if you don't we'll exercise some rights and uh and, and see where things land. But Love it. uh the um So what if
1: I vote for Erie thirty thousand times?
3: No no you can't well, you can't you, vote more than one time. You can just vote for more than one book with your vote. Right. Oh that's
1: yeah. yeah, I don't care about that.
3: So the uh so your nominees for this month. Creepy Archives volume one. Eerie Archives volume one. Flinch book one. Hellblazer, The Haunted Trade Paperback, which I think is like volume 13 or something, but it's The Haunted book. Uh, Ice Cream Man, volume one. The Infidel Trade, which I, I'm i dying to read because it's written by uh, the writer of The Good Asian. Um, Kill the Minotaur, which is a trade. The Silver Coin, volume one. The Wake, trade paperback. The Witch Doctor, volume one and Vampirella Archives, Volume 1.
1: I may have had some influence on this list. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, the way it's fallen now, it's up for grabs still by a couple. Could go Mm -hmm. either way. Yeah. Which is great.
3: Yep, yeah. (laughs) It's weird. I mean, I, I enjoy watching it. When we first announce it, and and seeing you know what what is the early what's the early favorite and what's the front runner, and then after a couple of days, uh, as people think or, or talk amongst themselves, you will see um, conversations happen on the Slack, for example, and and people will start to um, move their vote around or uh, give up on their favorite so that something else that has a chance. I just I, I I love the whole psychology aspect of it but it's um it's neat i i just and there are times where i thought i knew something was going to win and then at the last second that last hour someone comes in and changes their vote and something i wasn't expecting to read we end up reading so right it's always a good time almost always a good time democracy in action yes The process is a fun time what 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 wins may not always lead to a fun time when we get (laughs) when we get around to reading it right i I do love the book of the month
1: all right everybody hey if you enjoyed this there's other 11 o'clock comic themed content out there twitter instagram reddit facebook all that stuff there's also the patreon patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics loaded with content this past week and you know the drill. Say goodnight. Jason's on the DCBS site now, just clicking off on all them dynamite books. Ding ding ding
2: ding ding ding, ding. Just, I'm no I'm going to in stock trades, the sister site, and just buying all the archival
1: <laughs> Thankfully it is the month for horror. So there you go. Uh...
2: David. Good night. Oh, the daredevil! I'm all over it.
3: <laughs> Lev,
2: baby.
1: <laughs> I it was actually fun. Miss America, nice. Yeah, reaching back.
2: Mm. Flash Gordon, son. son. Oh, that was
1: that was good. It was real good.
2: Yeah, it was Doc Sheena, right?
1: Yeah. The first one was Doctor. Yeah, all all the King yeah. feature books were really good. Especially mm-hmm. the one
2: by Mark. Oh, Laming. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: King's Quest. Yeah, all mm-hmm. those—they're great.
3: Defenders of the Earth, Defenders.
1: Even Roger Langridge did the uh, Mandrake one. Uh,
3: oh no, I? did Yeah. That. So there you that.
1: go. All right, everybody, we've overstayed our welcome. Come back really soon, and we'll have another one of these waiting for you.
2: Words can't describe how much we love you.
1: It's just too much.
2: It is way too much.
1: It's crushing how much we love you. Insane. Night, Paul.
0: That's it for that one.